0: okay this is going to be uh, number 19 and i'm going to be talking about this is the first content i've put out in like seven months uh took a little break but um i don't know i i thought of some things that I'd, I'd like to kind of take a run at here so for this one i'm going to be talking about um the what i see as a collision course between social justice and civil law and order and what i see as the normalization and acceptance of criminal behavior you know which makes cops and criminals less safe. So, collision course between social justice and law and order. On the social justice side, you have your ethnic studies grads that go on to be city managers and leftist mayors and, you know, uh, principals and educators and things like that. And so, Black Lives and then your activists, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, defund the police movements, on that side. And then on the other side of this, you have, you know, Uh, competent and just concept of civil law and order. And in that group, you should see cops and educators and, you know, especially at the leadership levels, you know, your principals, your faculty, your administrators, your police chiefs, your sheriffs, so on, they should be offering the pushback on this. But instead of that, what we're seeing is um, a lot of people just sitting on their hands. You know, they just don't feel comfortable talking about it. Um, In some cases, you know, you have progressive uh, chiefs like I'll say uh, Daniel Outlaw, Daniel Hahn, Rainier Navarro, maybe Art Azevedo, others I could think of. You know, you have your uh, United States uh, Attorney Generals. Activist attorney generals, Holder, Lynch, Garland, Garland's administration, you got the progressive DAs. They're all carrying water and actually pushing and promoting a lot of the, the the social justice side of this when historically it's been their role to fall on the law and order side. So what I'm seeing again, normalization and acceptance of just criminal, delinquent, irresponsible, antisocial behavior. Um, it's creating, it's it's escalating these these contacts between cops and criminals and, uh, you know, making cops and criminals less safe because, you know, we're it, it hits a tipping point where these dual, what I'll call dual self-defense scenarios are popping up. So, um, as I often do in these segments, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to relate this to uh, some personal experience. I had been a cop for a very long time. I'd gone to a lot of calls, I'd met a lot of people, I'd seen a lot of stuff. So on this occasion, I'd been dispatched to, I was on patrol, and I got dispatched to a burglar in progress. Okay, so this came in from the resident of the house that was being burglarized. guy says, hey, um, there's a black male with dreadlocks. He's on my upstairs balcony, two-story house. And, um, you know, so I've armed myself with a gun, you know, in case he breaches and gets in. But, you know, he's calling the police to, to, you know, for assistance because he doesn't know who this guy is and what the hell is he doing on his upstairs balcony. So by the time I get there, things have de-escalated. Apparently, this is a misunderstanding and uh, nobody got shot and a house didn't get broken into. And what it ends up being is when I first get there, there's uh, let me describe this. It's a small uh, residential gated community Um, High-density housing. So, there's these two-story, shoebox-shaped, high-density houses. uh, Not much space at all between them. If you stand in between the structures and you you put your hands out to your, you know, your fingertips out to your side, you could almost touch, you know, either wall. Um, They're all two-story. Anyway, so... Oh, in the center of the uh, in the center of the the gated community is a grassy area. Which your okay. It's a grassy area, barely long enough to accommodate full court basketball. There's like a sandbox with some swings and some things like that. But this is a relatively small area. So as, as, so these houses are between 1,400 I think and about 2,200 square feet. Single car garages. Not a whole lot of space. The way they're designed, you know, two levels. They're they're pretty compressed together. And this grassy area is only eight houses wide. So this isn't a large area at all. Okay. And what it turns out to be is um, I, I see a guy that matches that description that was given. And I know this guy because I'd been on pr- uh, previous calls because the household that he lives in, him and his family members are at each other's throats all the time. And they, his parents call in, they call 911 to call him in as an out of control juvenile. So I had already known him from that. He's a familiar face to me. So, what sets the stage for this is he's there with, and that wasn't his dad, it was his dad's brother or his grandpa, something like that, you know, this, this, he's with. The, so, he is the, the guy, you know, the, the burglar, alleged burglar, It wasn't a burglary, but he's uh, somewhere around eight or, nine, uh, eight or ninth grade. So, right at middle school or high school, I couldn't remember which, but um, he's, he's with a relative of his, and they have one of those testers rocket launchers with the dry fuel testers rockets. So I don't know how familiar you are with that. You can go to a Hobby Lobby or, a, or arts and crafts place, and it's like a cardboard or a polymer tube, and you put a dry fuel um, rocket in the bottom. You assemble these things, and you put the stabilizing fins in. You stick it on the tripod. You hit the igniter. It activates the rocket. It shoots up into the air. There's a little bit of black powder at the end of the charge. Pops out the nose cone. Um, like a plastic cheap uh, uh, parachute comes out and the, the rocket returns back down to the ground. Okay, so apparently him and his grandpa, uncle, somebody was out there, which this is just absurd. This is patently absurd because there is not enough space to do this. You should have the sense to say, okay, we need to go to an open area that, you you know, maybe a park with at least two or three baseball diamonds or something like that because you need when this thing is on its way down the wind is going to pick it up and it's not going to land anywhere near where you launch it so it's absolutely ridiculous that you're choosing this spot to, to, to do this. this is just completely inappropriate so you know i'm just kind of you know shaking my head to this and i see that it's, it's de-escalated no big deal and uh, so i'm taking names and i already kind of know this kid couldn't remember his name his first name is absolutely ridiculous it just doesn't follow linguistics or phonetics it's it's hard to say I don't like to use people's names in these podcasts so I'm gonna sub his name out just to stream streamline this I'm gonna say his name was Jakarpatron okay his name's not Jakarpatron but his name is as ridiculous as Jakarpatron so for the purposes of, 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 of you know keeping the flow here let's call him that so anyway I asked him I, was, I was, okay so I get to the bottom of it this is a misunderstanding apparently what had happened what what was this kid doing up on the up on the balcony of this house well obviously the rocket comes up on the way down the rocket gets caught up on the roofs of these houses so apparently these houses have just enough decorative you know stone and brick and ironwork on the front that if you are strong enough and you have the dexterity and you have the skill you could just climb up the front of these houses right onto the roof and get your rocket back which is what happened you know he was halfway he got to the Thing he was looking for a good handhold. He got onto the roof and got his rocket, and then this guy freaks out. He doesn't know who the hell this guy is. He sees, you know, this this he doesn't know how old he is. He's this guy's maybe five five at the time. Oh, this guy's about to break into my house. Oh shit, what do I do? So again, misunderstanding. So then, as I'm explaining the 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 guy, the residence side of this to this kid, Carpatron. He's alleges racism. He thinks that the resident was racist because of all the other houses that he, that he scaled up to the roof and, and got his rocket off of those roofs. None of those people called because I guess nobody was home or who knows. And that, that was just, again, absurd. I was like, okay, this is, this is, this behavior is so inappropriate. It's just, oh my God. So then if that wasn't enough, all right. I asked him what his name was I couldn't quite remember what his name was and he says it and I said okay well how do you spell that and then he has the the nerve to get huffy with me and he says "Jacarpetron." he's like J C J C A R P E T R O N like that and so that I had enough at this point I'm like okay and if you if you're someone who's worked with or around me you know I'm not very good at holding my tongue in situations like that so I said okay kid, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like there's a right way to spell that. (laughs) Okay. That's okay. You know, so that's the way you spell it. That's fine. Don't sit here and act like I should know how to spell Jakarpatron. So that, that was just, and you, you think that I'm, that sounds like a, like a clever joke, like a, like a humorous anecdote. No, that is true. That actually happened. All right. So, um, and again, I'd been, I'd had prior contact with the kid So, I'd I'd seen up close and personal the abysmal parenting that was going on. This kid, the course that he's on, he obviously doesn't, you know, respect or recognize the boundaries of other people and other people's property. Um, Very bad judgment, immature, belligerent. um, unless this kid has a course correction, which he didn't because he'd go on to generate a SWAT call out somewhere near the, the Miracle Mile, if I'm right, a few, a few uh, years later when he was more adult. And if I had to take an educated guess, I'd say he's probably either dead or in prison for killing someone else. Because, you know, I mean, it is what it is. So again, um, you know... Undisciplined, immature, aggressive, belligerent, very bad judgment, very poor impulse control. And uh, it, it's setting the stage for calamity. You know, um, let's go down the list. Okay. Uh, the, fla- you know, your your social justice versus law and order flashpoints in the media cycle. Um, George Floyd, Michael Brown, uh, Arbery, Ahmaud Arbery, Kyle Rittenhouse... Trayvon Martin, Jacob Blake, Dante Wright, the Dante Wright, Kim Potter thing. Um, let's start with that one. Pretty straightforward. Dante Wright is driving around. Has you know, he's 17, something like that. Has a teenage girl sitting next to him in the car. Gets pulled over. He has a warrant. So, they call him out of the car. They're preparing to cuff him. He fights with the cops is able to, you know, uh, break free of the cops, gets back into the car, and actually drives away, but not before Kim Potter tases him with her, her service weapon. So, what what's this guy's plan? Okay, what he doesn't want to be handcuffed, I get that, but his plan is to get back into the car with the teenage girl next to him and lead the police on a high-speed chase. And they know who he is, and they know that he has a warrant so again very bad judgment very very poor impulse control uh uh, undisciplined isn't even the word for what's going on and then of course you know let's be honest kim potter's incompetence you know had something to do with that well he uh, so he gets shot and died he he gets shot and he he doesn't survive Um, jacob blake okay i don't think all the kids in that car that he was driving were even his And did he have a warrant? Yeah, he had a warrant. He had a pretty serious warrant for for his dealings with the woman who called the police on him that day. So, yeah, I'm just going to overpower the police and get back into my car and grab a knife. They have guns. I have a knife. That's a good plan. That's my plan. Okay, and then he gets shot. Not killed, but, you know, he's he's wheelchair-bound now, I think. Uh, Trayvon Martin. uh, This is of the... So, okay, I I earlier said on the the social justice side of this, you have people who maybe shouldn't be on the social justice side, chiefs of police, activist judges. In Trayvon Martin's case, you had an activist judge, all right, Trayvon Martin, you know, why did he resist? Oh, he was just scared, you know, he's walking while black when he gets harassed by George Zimmerman, wrong. Trayvon Martin was a burglar, okay? I say this because some of the excluded evidence in that case was small piles of jewelry that him and his friends pictures cell phone pictures of jewelry that him and his friends were sending to to and from each other and the judge excluded the that evidence based on she said it wasn't certain that we knew trayvon martin was sending those photos from his password protected smartphone we don't know there's no certainty that he's the one sending the 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 photos that is idiotic and that is absurd and that's judicial activism on the bench that everyone could see. Um, oh, Michael Brown tried to take the cop's gun. He's chasing you. You turn around and charge him again. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, Rittenhouse, uh, the miscreants, the lowlifes that attacked him, didn't think he had the balls to pull the trigger. And then after he did pull the trigger, you know, the mob just went nuts and wasn't thinking straight. And, you know, it is what it is. Arbery, that's a little tougher. Um, You got to feel some sympathy for the guy. There's a lot of dishonesty in the reporting and the mainstream media around this. Um, He was not out jogging. Uh, he was rec- he was doing reconnaissance at that construction site, probably for the reason of theft or curiosity or whatever. But things were missing. Okay, a gun had been taken from an unlocked car at the construction site previously, which is why there were cameras. And on those on the camera footage, you could see someone who looked exactly like Maud Arbery screwing around in those houses, including the day that the you know the 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 shooting happened. And um, so in the case with Michael Brown. Rittenhouse and Arbery, Cravon Martin to a to an extent is uh, Arbery grabbed the gun. He did the one thing that was going to seal his fate. What do you think's going to happen when you grab that gun? You if you don't get it or if you don't win it and get it away, you're dead. Uh, Rittenhouse, same thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, very very bad decision making, very poor impulse control. Uh, very entitled posture of these offenders that, you know, they they don't think anybody has the moral authority or the balls to pull the trigger. I don't know if that's what's going on in their head. But um, yeah, this is a problem. All right. Uh, sorry about the uh, awkward interruption, but now I'm uh, I had to put it on pause. But now I'm back to close it out. So in closing, um, I something that I've seen in the law enforcement community, and more so on the education side of things. I recently had this back and forth with with let's say an educator, and uh, they were just just absolutely refused to um, acknowledge the elephant in the room. So I'm like, oh, I couldn't do what you do. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, well, you know, all the problems in public education. Oh, there are no problems. Oh, well, how about the time that kid spit at you and, and attacked you or, or cussed you out and attacked the other students and da 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 And then you'll get some platitude about, you know, underprivileged and lack of resources. And, and then I'll push back with, okay, well... If these kids don't get the discipline, supervision, and guidance, we know their parents are useless, so if they don't get their discipline, supervision, and guidance they need to course correct here, you know, what's going to stop them from becoming a offender, criminal offenders later on? And at some point, you'll just hit the impasse where they just, you know, oh, well, you don't sound like a very nice person because you're not agreeing with the stuff, you know, the platitudes bouncing around in my head. So if they were smarter, what they'd say is, oh, you're being pessimistic and cynical. So speaking directly to the law enforcement community, do you think I'm being pessimistic and cynical or are you just fine with the direction that things are going? And um, that's something that you need to circle the wagons and ask yourself and be prepared to uh, uh, mount some, you know, uh, intelligent pushback on this stuff or, you know, where's that going to land you? So I think I'll leave it there. Thanks. Bye.